Leading worship is more about your leadership ability than it is your musical ability. At the end of the day, leading worship to me is really more about your ability to connect with an audience, Hmm. be aware of where they're at and lead and engage them. Hey, you guys, this is Matt McCoy with Loop Community, and I'm here to tell you about an event that I'm really excited about, Worship Innovators Conference. It's taking place in Chicago, June 8 and 9 this year. You want to be there. I'm going to be there teaching classes on how to use Ableton Live, how to use tracks, but some of my friends are also going to be there teaching classes like Ryan Dahl from Praise Charts, walking you through how to write your own chord chart, Brian Wall from Worship Tutorials, talking about the latest in guitar technology, Jake Goslin from Churchfront is going to be teaching about how to integrate lyrics and lighting and automate everything. Worship Innovators is for worship leaders who want to learn how to use the best and leading technology today available for worship leaders. It's all to help make your worship service more impactful and just flow easier. You're going to learn all sorts of awesome things and you get to just hang out with all the companies you love like Praise Charts and Worship Tutorials and Onsong. Pro Church Tools is going to be there. Sunday Sounds will be there. So I want to see you there. Sign up and reserve a spot for your team as well. You can reserve your spot today at worshipinnovators.com. You don't want to miss this. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Loop Community Podcast. Today, we are talking about children's worship. Matt interviews Yancey, and she is an artist that's released songs primarily focused on family and children's worship. And they're going to talk about how to lead and disciple kids in children's ministry. So whether you lead in children's ministry or if your church has children's ministry or if you just have kids, this is a great interview. And so let's jump right in with Yancey. What's up, everybody, and welcome to today's live stream. I'm here with my friend Yancey. Yancy, welcome. So good to see you. Thank you. I'm happy to be with you guys today. It's good to have you. So today we're going to be talking about how to lead worship in children's ministry. And if you're watching, whether you're tuning in from YouTube or Facebook, what I want you to do is just tag somebody that you know that leads worship for children's ministry. So if you know someone that sings songs in children's ministry or even just leads children's ministry, maybe they're a pastor of children's ministry, tag them. If there's someone who works at your church, tag them because I think that this next 30, 45 minute conversation is going to be really helpful information for anybody who is leading students, children in worship. So we're going to be diving into a bunch of interesting questions that I have for you because I'm, I'm actually very interested in this topic. Yancy, I grew up with a dad who, I mean, we've talked about this a few times, who was like very passionate about writing songs for children's worship and specifically for Bible memorization. And so he used to write tons of songs just to help me memorize scripture. And I remember him teaching these songs to me when I was like five years old. And they still pop into my head all the time. Like I remember them. I'm 34 now and they pop into my head constantly. Yeah. And he was just really passionate about like hiding the word of God in children's hearts, like at a young age, because there is something about that. Tell us just about your journey. Like, why children's music for you? Like, Yeah, well, I mean, children, why children's music? That's definitely a God thing. I uh, always have loved music, and that's what, from the time I was single digits, um, really knew that it was what God had called me to do. And so I had served in, you know, all sorts of um, 
worship teams and whatnot in church growing up and singing special musics and everything had just been pointed towards music and uh, kind of started off doing more of a normal CCM Christian music um, path, came back and forth to Nashville writing songs, even for other artists and whatnot got more involved in leading worship. You know, it was something I'd always kind of just done at church, but kind of professionally speaking, started leading worship a whole lot more. And in the process of doing that, um, I lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the time and started writing the theme song for a summer camp program. And that was really what got me writing some songs for kids, mainly just because I was the person there. They knew knew how to write songs, <laughs> and they they needed this. And so I wasn't like thinking of a career path or anything like that. Just really accomplishing something that needed to be done. And after a few years of doing that, um, ended up adding a few other songs to the pot and kind of made a, a children's album. Again, still not making an official like career choice. Just um, I have grown up around children's ministry my whole life. It's actually my dad's been involved in children's ministry for over 40 years. And so I knew tons of children's pastors and children's ministry leaders. And, you know, looking back on it, I'm able to see how God just really like throughout my whole life was putting pieces in play that needed to be there. Um, But it was really by the start of 2008 that it just became crystal clear that God was opening up doors and um, what I was doing with kids and families and preteens and whatnot, there was just, there was fruit in that. And so um, that was kind of when it was finally like, okay, God, I get the message. (laughs) So are you on staff at a church at all or... Not anymore. So I have always just been doing, you know, solo music with the exception of um, kind of there tucked in the middle of my journey. I was very involved at Church on the Move in Tulsa, Oklahoma, both kind of contract and then eventually on staff uh, for a handful of years and then went back to just doing music and creating resources for the church full time. Yeah. And you've done so many different resources like I mean, for kids worship, like, yeah, and a variety of different types of songs. Like you did, you've got a Christmas song coming, by the way, this Friday. Yeah, yeah. Lots of new Christmas music right now. I've done some hymns project. I did music for a BBS publisher for about five years. And then even within the kids music that I make, I kind of make two different categories. So um, one is part of my little praise party series and that. Yep. is for younger kids, kind of originally started off targeting preschool. Um, I've been jamming but, to that one. Yeah. But, I've got a seven-month-old, you know, and we've been jamming oh, to that. Oh, yeah, fun, 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 fun. Through conversation, and and even just my own life, I have an eight-year-old son and a three-year-old son, and the past couple of years as my eight-year-old was like suddenly in some BBS audiences that I was leading worship for and whatnot. Kind of really made me understand that Little Praise Party really works even for younger elementary ages really well because it's just easier songs. They're more repetitive, more action-oriented. But then I do some other stuff through my Kid Men Worship um, series and whatnot that's definitely targeting preteens. The music is, you know, pretty mature, um, just, you know, making some specific choices and arrangements and production and whatnot to... You yeah. know, make it be friendly to preteens and older elementary kids. So yeah, I was going to ask you, like, did you feel like there was was there something missing? Were you sensing there was something that like 
something you wanted to do differently with your kids' music? And first of all, also, like, what's the definition? Where do we do we say? Is it children's music, kids' music, children? Like, uh, it, it can be. I think any of yeah. those. Yeah. I, and and two, I say music for families because I mean, yeah. you know, with within every family, oftentimes they're going to have a variety of ages, and yeah. So that's kind of where some of the different things I do. You know, some people they they need elements of both both yeah. of those things. But you know, I hear from parents all the time that they're like, "Okay, I didn't have kids in the car, and I was still listening to <laughs> your music, and I still enjoyed it." Yeah, know? right. So yeah, it wasn't driving me that crazy. Works too. Right, right, right. So why is it important that we even? have worship in a children's ministry. So let's just say like if someone's on staff at a church and they're over the children's ministry, like it'd probably be easy to maybe just run through some curriculum, do some crafts or whatever. Why even take the time to do a 10 minute worship Worship time time for kids? Well, I mean, there are scriptures in the Bible that talk about children and praising God, you know, on top of the verses that talk about having faith like a child and, you know, Jesus welcoming the children unto, and, and to him. But one of my favorites is in Psalm 8, 1 and 2 in the message translation. It says, God, brilliant Lord, yours is a household name. Nursing infants gurgle choruses about you and toddlers shout the songs that drown out atheist babble. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's What's, like packs a punch. Where is that? Psalm 8, 1 and 2. Wow. And that's the message translation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even more recently, the past few months, I came across the Passion Translation of Psalm 8-2, and it still is awesome. It talks about how children's praise rises up like a, a stronghold against the enemy. Like, it's, it's super wow. powerful. And so what excites me about a verse like that that's in the Bible is it lets me know that every single time at church— you know, leader is intentional about leading kids in a song or pressing play on a boom box or, you know, a video or pro presenter or, you know, the loop app or whatever. Like when they're intentional about making time in their classrooms for that to happen, it's literally like pressing a power button in the lives of your kids and, you know, in the ministry that you're doing where it's like God's power is unleashed through their worship and through their participation of that. And, you know, for me, it's like, when you think about it like that, it's like, why would you not do that? You know, it's like, there's this tangible power that you can unleash to be alive within these kids' hearts and go on back in the car with mom and dad and be in a conversation that's going to happen five days later at random, you know, in their living room or with a friend or an aunt or uncle, grandma, whoever it is. And that just excites me because it lets me know that it's not just about surviving Sunday. It's not just about making it through another weekend, but you are truly like turning something on in these hearts and spirits of these kids that truly can help them for the rest of their life. Yeah. And could also have generational impact like their kids and their kids like this could have an echo effect for a long time. Totally. It is, it is pretty amazing. What would you recommend for someone of like, how do you even choose songs? Like, there's so many songs out there. You know, yeah. are there songs that maybe are not appropriate for children's ministry, ones that are more appropriate? Like, how do you even go about that? Yeah, well, I mean, you, you definitely need, need to know your audience. You know, like, what you're looking for in a song for preschoolers is a completely different animal mm-hmm. than what you need for a fifth grader, you know? Yeah. Within that vocabulary can be a factor. If we kind of talk 
putting a lot of things that have happened in past decades, you know, in a crock rock together and kind of generalize it. Let's be honest. There's a lot of kids music that has been made throughout the years that really wasn't great music. You know, like it, they weren't catchy, yeah. awesome songs. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of checked off a box for somebody somewhere. But, you know, for me, it's like if I'm coming across things or when I hear other kids music that I'm like, oh, that's genius. That was so smart. It's the same qualities that make any great pop hit of a song. You know, it's that the hook that's within it and the singability. And, you know, when I hear a song and can start singing along with it, the first time through yeah it's like that's a great indicator that it's like this is going to be catchy and it's going to be something that yeah people are going to be able to latch on to quickly but you know within that too there's there's always exceptions to the rule um and i think i'll give you an example of that so i led worship for a preteen traveling event for a number of years and you know i remember if we go back in time about you know four years or so i had put oceans you know in the set list for that year and i remember the company that i was working for they kind of came back and was like i don't know i mean i think it's too abstract and maybe it's a little too deep and you know like yeah, right. this lyric doesn't make enough sense you know yeah well, they and i it. was just like just trust me on this it was the number one song in the whole country you know yeah right this past year not to mention worship or whatnot and of course like literally that was just a song that like According to the rules, you would say, oh, well, that lyric is a little too much and maybe it's too long of a song and, yeah. you know, there's too much. But there is a special anointing that was on that song as well. And it connected even with yeah. kids, you yeah. know, even though textbook would say it was the wrong yeah, lyric. Right. You know, that then, of course, every single weekend that song worked awesome because yeah. of the season of life that we were in. And so... You know, there's always exceptions to the rule, but I think the lyrics, you know, matter it being something that's catchy and fun that they can gravitate to. But, you know, mixed with that, there's always, you know, those worship songs like We Believe or like Good Good Father or right. Who You Say I Am that they connect with such a broad stroke of, you know, yeah, our church communities. And it is a song that has the moments within it that are easy enough. Kids can grasp it. They yeah. can sing it. And the cool part is it becomes a connection point for families ongoing because yeah. I've always had, you know, parents sometimes come and be excited when they realize that their child knows some of the same songs that, that they get do. done in, yeah. you know, adult service as well. I, so I think for me, the perfect co combination is a hybrid of kids songs and, just some of those worship songs that are current and are working yeah. within the life of your church as well. And kind of blending those two things together becomes to me, the perfect combination. Yeah. That, I'm glad you brought the, that up. Oceans is a great, a good example. Cause I've often wondered that too. Like it seems like a lot of churches now are taking the church, the songs that they're doing in the main service and then just kidifying them, you know, yeah. like, and it is kind of yeah. cute to like see a bunch of, you know, second graders sing, you know, I've seen you move, you move the mountains. Yeah. yeah. But like, does it apply in their life is what I've wondered is like, you know, like if they're singing a lyric that's like, you know, I've, you brought me out of the, out of the pit and my life has been lived for only me, like kind of lyrics. Yeah. It makes me wonder I mean, like, is it not an appropriate song for like a second year old or a second grader to sing? I don't know. You know, 
Like I don't know. I, have, I haven't like, spent time analyzing like that particular song, so to say, yeah. for this audience. So it's a little bit just shooting off the cuff here. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. But I, at the same time, kids today are going through some crazy stuff, you yeah. know. And so that lyric may not apply to a hundred percent of the kids in the class, right? But you can guarantee there's five that are going through some hard stuff. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's a great and, point. Yeah, kids are going through like divorces and yeah, you know running yeah. between different families and I mean, right. all sorts of stuff. So that is where you just have to analyze, you know, the vocabulary yeah. of songs and just figure out what feels right. I mean, even a, a, an example too is um, when I did "What a Beautiful Name," an arrangement of that for kids. Uh, not that I disagreed with anything that the bridge said. Yeah. But I just felt like you've got the attention span factor and everything. I felt like the song was getting long. Yeah. And so I actually cut the bridge in half and only did the second half of it. You have no rival. You have no equal. Yeah. Because, two, you know, you've got churches of a variety of denominations and whatnot. And, you know. Yeah. How long they're used to worshiping for and whatnot yeah. looks differently. And so it just... It was one of those things where it's like there's nothing really wrong here about what it is right. and what it does, but it doesn't feel like it's a hundred percent right for yeah, who my audience is because they may not and know what so, the veil is. Yeah, so it was yeah. just like let's just make sure that this is completely yeah. palatable yeah. for who I'm working with, and so I just skipped the first half yeah. of the bridge just to simplify right. it. That's a great example. So yeah, it's know your audience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Know if you're yeah. singing to a bunch of second graders. So yeah. how would you say leading for kids is different than leading for adults? Like, let's just say I'm a worship leader for my adult ministry. Can I just yeah. like transplant into the children's ministry and do the same thing? Like, how, what are the differences between the two? Well, I mean, ultimately, yes, you can. I've led worship for every single age group. And so, you know, the core parts of leading worship are the same regardless of who your audience is. Um, To me, some of the biggest changes and differences are going to be, you know, some some of my song choices. You know, there's going to be songs that you're jumping up and down and, you know, depending on how young you're going with a kid, you're wiggling and you're dancing and, you know, doing some things that probably most of your churches are not going to be doing in their adult worship on Sunday morning. So vocabulary... Uh, and just the activity of the song can be a difference. I think it's really, really important for as worship leaders that you are fun yeah. and you're animated, you know? And so, you know, that's one of those things that it's like, whether I'm on stage for kids or whether I'm on stage for adults, like that dial is going to be the, one of the ones that gets turned is just my body language, how big my movements are, yeah. how over the top you know, right. Um, certain things might be. So I think that's a big factor. And two, I like to say like wear color. Okay. Huh. So you look amazing. Yeah. And you're but all this wouldn't work. Matt. <laughs> yeah. But it, I, I always joke. I'm like, okay, all black works great for Johnny cash. It's slimming, yeah. you know, but it's just not the happiest yep. presentation ever. And so <laughs> when I'm working with kids, I always wear bright color, bold patterns yeah and it's just you know it's like i don't know it's like sticking a bunch of stickers on you like it's just gonna make you seem that much more playful and that much more fun so i think being intentional about just vocabulary 
facial expressions, body language, even, you know, I like to say vocal inflection is an accelerator, you know, so how loud you are, how intense you are, how soft you are, like you can use all of those things to help you steer the ship um, in leading kids and and bright colors, you know, and what you're wearing. To me, those are those are three of the main ingredients that are the difference. Wow. Um, Kids are the easiest group you'll ever lead in worship. I can tell, you know, all of you that are watching that normally work with adults or student ministry or whatnot, kids are the easiest group to lead in worship because it's just naturally in them. You know, like we were made to worship God. It's something God created us to do. And sometimes depending on what the experiences are that you've been presenting within your church, what you've taught kids about worship. Sometimes you're in some situations where a box needs to get drawn for them to just kind of understand the idea of what worship is, why we do it, how they can take part in it. But once you draw that box, kids very naturally yeah. take steps to enter in and worship. And it's one of the sweetest sounds you'll ever hear. So I know you'll love doing it if yeah. you just take that initial step. Yeah, because the kids will jump in, in and follow you and yeah, dive right in. But yeah. they kind of are waiting for you to take the lead. Yeah, they just need, kids are used to being told what to do and how to do it. You yeah. know, they just need you to say, hey, this is where we're going yeah. and this is how we're going to get there. Yeah. And that's what's and the, and thing the thing I've noticed too, like with adults, like adults are more like cement. Like they've kind of are set in their ways now, so it's like kind of hard to like get them to let go of their coffee cup, you know. Yeah. And kids are like plastic, like so moldable. Like you just, they're ready to be taught how to worship and yeah, and to have a good time. It doesn't have to be like always like sad and depressing or anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, I love leading worship for for students. I spent most of my worship leading career leading for student ministries, like junior hires. Yeah, and which, in my opinion, junior has the hardest age group <laughs> I ever led in worship. Yeah, you know? I know. Especially if it, you know, is like a Sunday morning service first thing, you know? Right. Yeah, they're tired. It's like the combination of middle school totally. and early morning. They're like, yeah, yep. take a rain check on this one. But So what type of training does someone need to even be like a worship leader in a children's ministry? Like, is this something that, like, you need to be a worship leader, or could it be, like, my father-in-law who, like, is not really even a musician? Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, anytime you have musical ability, <laughs> it's it's only going to help. Yeah. But I do tell children's ministers, you know, and children's ministry leaders all the time, like, leading worship is more about your leadership ability than it is your musical ability. Yeah. And it's not that I'm, huh. you know trying to endorse and give permission of, you know, let's just get by and let's not really care what it sounds like. Of course, it drives me crazy if it's a musical spectacle that's not great. But at the end of the day, leading worship to me is really more about your ability to connect with an audience, Mm. be aware of where they're at and lead and engage them. Like, yeah. The things that make me a great worship leader have nothing to do with my ability to carry a tune. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't have to do with my singing ability or my playing ability. Yeah. And so from that standpoint, I like to think of it as the same thing that makes a great, you know, teacher in any of your kids' classrooms. You know, that person that's just great at telling the Bible story and doing yeah. it in a fun, engaging way. 
that really grasps the kids' attention where they're paying attention and, you know, you can hear a pin drop in the room. Like, those same characteristics apply yeah. to this person that you need to do music. So, you know, it needs to be someone that can have a plan for what you're trying to accomplish with the songs each week, you know, and be able to lead and navigate those worship times for your kids. Um, it's not enough to just push play on a song and expect that everybody's going to follow along. But when when you look at the Bible and you study Psalms and you look at what David put in his writings, yeah, yes, he talked about the faithfulness of the Lord and God being his refuge and his strength and all of that. But as an example, Psalm 47, one, it says, come on, everybody, clap your hands, shout to God with joyful praise. Yeah. And so in a very tiny little verse, there's four pieces of instruction that he gave to you and I and every other one of us that take time to read those scriptures Yeah. to know how we engage in this thing called worship. And as a worship leader, in my opinion, for any age that you're leading, that's your job is to help people understand what to do, how to do it, and, you know, have a plan for the journey that you're leading them on. Wow. You're tapping into something that I think is really, really important because I think that exactly what you just said, that I think even in adult services, we have people... We have a lot of people who can now sing like amazing and like yeah. play through a song amazing, like American Idol, great. Right. But a lack of actual leadership, like leading and teaching and pastoring people about like why are we even worshiping? Why are we doing this? Yeah. And for sure, I think with children, that is so important. And honestly, kids don't really care probably about your voice. The problem is that in adult services, people care more about your voice than yeah. maybe they should. But right. I just think that that's such a good reminder that I think we need to get back to that. Like whether you're leading for adults or leading for children, mm-hmm. your effectiveness in leading, I agree. I think it's more about your leadership and how are you pastoring, leading people. And yeah. yes, being able to sing great is a bonus. Right, right, right. <laughs> that's not a bad thing. If you can do that, right. then great. But I think we maybe lean way too much on that. Yeah, I, and forget I know. The other. I, and, you know, from my perspective and my experiences of, you know, reading articles and hearing people, especially that are only in the adult worship camp. I know it sometimes can be kind of a common thing of like, oh, well, I don't want to be a cheerleader of worship. You know, I just want my example to inspire the audience. But, you know, I travel, I go to a lot of churches, different sizes, different size towns, different denominations. But if I'm honest, a lot of American churches are not excelling in the area of discipling their people in the area of worship. And to me, being a worshiper is just as much in the word of God as loving one another and giving and serving and making a difference. And, you know, all of these things that we speak into and we've put as important Christian values, but yet people make excuses for why their participation doesn't matter in worship when it's one of the most specific responses that we have to give back to God to show him what he means to us. And so that breaks my heart. You know, oftentimes when I look around a sanctuary or auditorium and I just see 
these people that say yeah. with their mouth, yeah. he, he matters and he's most important. Yeah. But yet they totally. come up with a million reasons as to why they have a free pass right now to not be engaged in the moment. And so it's something I've wrestled with and, you know, had moments where saw a friend, you know, a fellow musician status actually even say those words. I don't want to be a cheerleader worship. I want to just inspire others. And it led me to kind of have a duke it out moment with God, yeah, you know, right. right after that, just like, why? And I remember God just telling me, look at David, yeah. you know, and that's where it's like, if I study those scriptures and I see those songs that David wrote yeah. within so many of them, there's instruction to us. And so as a worship leader, that's the model that I want to take. Right. And inspiring those that I'm leading. And so when you're leading worship for children, are there other things that we can incorporate? I mean, obviously the first thing that comes to my mind is like hand motions. Yeah. Because yeah. kids like um, hand motions, right? Why, why do you think that is? Or what else can we incorporate besides that too? Yeah. Well, I mean, especially with younger kids, I even, not that I use it for every single song ever, but I've got, you know, some props. So whether that is some plush instruments, you know, like through the years, there was one point, uh, Pottery Barn kids had some like pillow guitars, you know, so they're like fabric guitars and I grabbed those and, um, Crate and Barrel kids used to have, you know, even like these fabric cymbals and an accordion and a fiddle. And, you know, it's like when I come across stuff like that, like I pick it up and buy it. There's even foam guitars that I think you can get at Joanne's fabric, you know? So Little things like that are some hats or superhero capes or, you know, just some random things that maybe tie into what a song is about. Like, I'll pick those up and I'll use those from time to time when it makes sense, especially with like preschool worship and whatnot. And not even that you have to have, you know, one for every child in the class, but it's like, yeah, pick five helpers, you know, pick three helpers to um, help you out with this song and maybe give them this little prop thing just to engage kids yeah. in a different way. Um, I think motions can be great, and it is definitely something that children's ministry people love, just like with anything. Yeah, I think children's ministry love love it so much that it almost it almost becomes the idol that they worship. Yeah, smothered it <laughs> in to the death. area of kids worship. Yeah, just because. I like to say say this, like absence makes the heart grow fonder and do it when it makes sense in the song. Yeah. You know, like I, I like to say, like, what's the natural response when you hear that lyric and you're singing those words? What are you inclined to do? And that's going to be the most generic thing that's going to work for the bulk of your audience. And then if, if nothing comes to mind and it feels like you're, you're creating something to be there and or you're now going to have to study for six weeks to like learn this dance routine and these motions to the song, then it's like I, we've erred to the wrong side. Like that's too much and yeah. that's too hard. And, and then we're more focused on just making that work rather than let's just teach the kids how to clap, you right, know, right. and how to, you know, you can jump up and down. I like to do just more generic things like fist bumps on keywords. Yeah. Rock fist is what I really meant to yeah. say. Not an actual, not an actual yeah. fist bump, but a rock fist or, you know, waving the arm back and forth on a specific lyric, just a little bit more general things because that's also going to be a lot more boy friendly yeah. to your fourth, fifth, sixth graders, whoever's the oldest in your class. Yeah. Those are the people that normally check out with some of the yeah. 
action motions. Yeah. Um, and so if, if that's an area of struggle, I, I like to say it like this, consider what you're inviting them to take part in. And hmm. if you really process what it is that you're presenting and what you're inviting them to take part in, you might realize in process, maybe we need to make some changes here a little bit. So right. have songs you do motions for, if it makes sense, have songs that you don't. I think it's great as well to always think ahead to like, What's the next thing that these kids are going to experience, you know, in the next program um, and as well prepare them for that. So, like, just as an example, if your children's ministry does motions from start to finish of every single song, but your middle school ministry doesn't do that at all, you need to give those kids as well an understanding of what a non-motion type Mm. of worship is so that they don't have a really awkward moment that first day that they show up to the new class, you know? Right. So I think that's where it's like have multiple variations and multiple ways that you engage in worship and just be conscious of that, you know, that you're preparing them as well for what's coming next, as well as meeting the needs of where they're at. Right. It's funny how there are some similarities between leading children's worship and like an adult uh, worship time. Like, yeah, you don't want to do the exact same trick or whatever every single service, every yeah. single week. It gets old. That's the same thing for adults, too. Yeah. But also, like, imagine, you know, I'm thinking about, like, some, like, worship leaders who are thinking about their congregation where everybody just stands there like this. Man, maybe in the adult services, we do need to, like, teach some hand, mo- hand motions. Like, bring in, Yeah. I don't know, like, you know, just to get people the, participating in some way. Think of the big fun moment of any concert that you go to. You know? Yeah, right. Pretty much every act is going to have that point in their show. Yeah. That's the audience petition moment. And everybody's doing something together. Yeah. And I say that because, you know, I've gone to workshops from performance consultants where I know, like, that is a specific thing. Yeah. On the list of things that, because it's all about connecting with your audience and creating all these different, you know, moments and emotions throughout a set. And so, just as an example to even what you were talking about of adult worship, it's like, think about it like that. And yeah, is there a fun yeah, way that you do. could just kind of surprise everybody and, yeah. you know, have I, I them love, engage differently. I love the idea too you had of just like passing out different instruments and stuff to the kids yeah. at some point and like yeah. let them like yeah. hit a tambourine. But even though it's funny how like so discouraged that that is in adult worship. Like, you know, if someone <laughs> brings a tambourine, you're like, uh, oh, ushers, please. Right. But controlled chaos. Yeah, controlled chaos. You know? So if someone is wanting to start like a worship ministry for their children's ministry, mm-hmm. but they don't have like a band at all. Yeah. Like what what do people do? Like what is Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I would say the most common thing in kids' worship is that they're just using pre recorded yeah. music, you know. And even even oftentimes they're not even using the tracks. They're, you know, they're using the vocals. Just play the CD. From the original it. recording. Yeah. Playing along with it, you know? And just sing. And sometimes people sing on top of it. You know, sometimes you've got those teachers, like we were talking about earlier, that are very, very much not musical. You yeah, know? right. But they're the person that's having to carry this moment in the service. And so, right. you know, then I just felt, I'm like, you can set up the song and you can coach people and you can lead them through it. If you know that you're tone deaf, then please don't. Yeah, pro- right. You know, project your tone deafness yeah. into a mic. But... Is you there can something still talk and lead people through? Is there a way the that set. you see is more effective 
Like, is it best to have a band? Is it best to just sing with a CD? Is it best to have like someone up there with acoustic guitar? I mean, I think all things can work. I would say do whichever one you could do best. You know, it's like, to me, a band is great. But if it's a band that, you know, can't count to four and, you know, a drummer that's not skilled enough to play to a click or whatnot, then it's like, are you really gaining much by having a not Right. Or if you're so focused on the band that you can't engage with the students. Yeah. So... So I think any of them can work um, well. It's just figuring out which one you can make work best. And then, too, I I tell people, because sometimes I have people kind of say, like, hey, you know, right now we're using pre-recorded music. We want to move towards a band, but, like, I don't have a full band yet. And that's where I will suggest to some people, like, okay, so the up-tempo, high-energy, fast song, that's what's really hard to recreate if you only have a couple of musicians, you know, just because not having all of those loops and drums right. and, you know, just right. all, all the things that kind of add to it. So I'll tell people, I'm like, hey, use the, the pre-recorded music for your up-tempo, high-energy stuff, and then start leading a slower worship song with those couple of musicians that you have, because you can get away with doing a mid-tempo or slow song with just an acoustic guitar yeah. And, you know, you're not going to feel like, wow, that was not as energetic as it normally is, you know? Right. So I think that's an option. And then with what you guys are doing there, you know, through the stems and everything, that's another great yeah. hybrid of, okay, maybe you play along with the loops and the drums that are right. there, but you have a guitar player or you have a piano player. And so, yep. you know, people as well can start developing people and creating spots for people to utilize these resources right and make do you know utilize the the talent that they do have as they then yeah. can expand on that in time as word gets out as yeah. to what's happening so let's just say you're on the side of things where maybe you don't have live instrumentation to kind of contribute to what these multi-track stems would offer then yeah lyric videos and motion graphic videos and whatnot that have words on screen and whatnot are great resources and tools to just help you, you know, do music in a way that's more exciting than just a really lame PowerPoint file, you know. Where do people get those? Um, Well, I mean, you can get them through me, so yanceyministries.com, but probably one of the most common places really is... uh, worshiphousekids.com so yeah worship house media they make stuff as well for adults and student ministry audience but they've got a kids specific site called worshiphousekids.com and that has tons of video kids worship resources all available there on okay. that site yeah i do i do like that a lot when i've walked into like the children's ministry at our church and they'll like have a song going but like there's a video on the back screen with the lyrics going that are just a little more animated yeah, yeah. Yeah. Adds kind of just a little bit more fun and right. color, I guess, to the yeah. whole thing. Oh yeah! Tell us about the new music you have coming out. Yeah, so I'm I'm in a season right now of like lots of new music, which is exciting. It's you know it's crazy how all of us we have different seasons of life, and so I kind of yeah. came out of this like didn't feel like I was doing much in that yeah. that area, and so yeah, I had O Come O Come Emmanuel come out recently and then actually this friday have a new little praise party christmas song coming out called not about the weather and which you're clearly not in chicago then 
Oh, well, I know. Well, you know, what inspired it is, so yeah. I, I got to go to Australia like 10 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, it came up in conversation about it's summertime in Australia, you know, like yeah. Yeah, um, at weird. Christmas. And so, you know, all of our winter wonderland, you know, Christmas lyrics, songs that are classics to us, like yeah. make no sense in that context. And I'll be honest, like I was born in Mississippi I lived there in Alabama and then Oklahoma and now yeah. Nashville, Tennessee. So it's not like I have a long history of having white Christmases, you know, like yeah. that virtually has never happened. And if I had it, it was minor. Yeah. So, you know, I can identify with that on a lot of levels as well. So it's it's a fun song that kind of ABs that some people have a winter wonderland and some people have a summer yeah. paradise, you know, Christmas. And at the end of the day, it's not about the weather, but it's about right. the gift we were given of Jesus. So that's right. Yeah, It's about forever is the exact rhyme there. Um, oh, within that's the, cool. So that's that's coming out. And then starting in January of next year, there'll be like regular releases okay still still figuring out what that looks like but at least one a month if not more than one a month because yeah. i've been working on a whole new little praise party record so there's 15 songs that are coming soon that's awesome yeah well thank you for what you're doing and resourcing children's ministries and it doesn't feel like there's like a lot of people doing that and maybe it's just because I'm not yeah. in it. I'm not seeing it a lot, but like, it just yeah. doesn't seem like there's a lot. And which means that you're like, what you're doing is so, so important. And yeah. Well, thank you. Cause it's needed. I mean, these, the, the students and the kids need worship and it, we, we have to think about, yeah, who our audience is and it's not yeah. like leading for adults yeah. in the best of ways. So definitely. I, I just challenge you that are watching and listening to just really think through discipling kids in the area of worship. And it's not just about doing three songs on Sunday morning and checking off that box, but mm -hmm. like be intentional in your song choices. Think through, okay, what do these songs do? How do they engage my kids? Right. How are they helping my kids take a step in their response and their communication to God? And just realize that you're helping them learn how to run to God in every situation by having this hiding place in his presence. And that's a gift you're literally giving them for the rest of their life. If you can cultivate and teach that yeah. um, from the time they're young. So keep working at it. Wow. That's important stuff. Thank you so much for having this conversation. You bet. Thanks for having me, yeah. Matt. Thanks for joining us on the Loop Community Podcast. Music from this episode is brought to you by John Guerra from his album, Little Songs. Make sure you check it out on Apple Music or Spotify. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, leave a review and a rating. It means a lot. We'll see you soon.